Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, how you doing? Well, good, man. Just uh, moving through a housing remodel. Uh, doing, doing my first floor. You helped me out today. Get some floor back to the store because I got the wrong <laughs> flooring <laughs> again. So that part's on you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, it, so the first one was definitely on me because it was the wrong material type of flooring. And then take you helped me take that back. I get the right material, but it ends up being like a lower quality than what we really wanted. Like, so once you took it out of the box, you're like, eh, I don't know if this is going to hold up. Um, so then the contractor's like, no, 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 no. You wanted this flooring from this store. So it's just like, all right, first of all. Where the fuck were you in the beginning right, of this? Yeah, like you, like, you know what? Just you go get the right flooring then, and then I'll take this shit back. So that's, anyway. And the, we learned that returning stuff to Menards is essentially oh as God. complicated as uh, crossing an international border with animals and homemade pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and weapons. And weapons. It's yeah, crazy. It's All right. Um, we got to talk Ukraine. Yeah. We're hit Ukraine-Russia situation more. Um, so Russia has come out and said that convoys of U.S. Uh, trucks delivering or just the U.S. Tar- U.S. vehicles delivering stuff, delivering military equipment to Ukraine will be considered legitimate targets. Mm-hmm. The whole point of not going all in is not having this escalate into a much larger conflict. I mean, you said last week or two weeks ago that it sucked because you felt like you had to sit on the sideline while someone was getting yeah. uh, bullied, and I, I totally agree with that sentiment. Um, but this is kind of like we're on the sideline, we're pushing stuff over the border, saying go nuts with it, and they're saying, Russia's saying, if you do that, we're going to shoot at you. Well, that's how things escalate. Now, I don't, I, I don't I understand Russia's point of view, Fuck Russia. Oh, well, I'm not saying I, I mean, agree with I, I mean, I, like, yeah, sure, they could say it all they want, but I, mean, I think the the probably the smart move is try to get the weapons to, you know, an intermediary and get them across so it's not us. And I don't know if that really makes it better. I mean, if it's a NATO country, I Russia, actually think that makes it worse. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, at the same time, I, I think that you, you you can't. We're not going to hang Ukraine out to dry. Right. Um, so you can do it, you continue doing it. And then you see if Putin has the balls to actually attack a U.S. convoy. Right. You know, I, I mean, mean because kind of a game of chicken, right? It, because- it, it really is. And I think, and I think that you can't, cause you're not going to like, you can't, if you, if you don't supply them with things that they need, um, eventually they're going to get run over. And I'm not yeah. so sure that they don't end up getting run over, but I mean, like they need, we need them to keep fighting. And even if Russia eventually is able to take over Kiev and, all the major cities and, you know, they're able to claim victory, you know, a month or two months or three months from now. Um, it's still a loss. It's still a, it's still, you know, Vladimir Putin, it took you that long to, you know, take over a country that you're however many times the size of, and you've got, you know, a, a 10 to one advantage in terms of troops and you've got all these advantages and it took you that long. How strong is your military? Really? And, and we're already at that point. Right. Right. I mean, so, you know, and the damage that he's done to the people in his country um, between, you know, with the sanctions that they've incurred, 
um, just the damage to their their money markets and 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 everything else. Like it's it's uh, you know we said this last year. It's going to take at minimum a decade for them to bounce back, right? Sure. And as long as he's there, I mean, it may take even longer, right? I mean, so it's just there's I don't think that there's really a way for Putin to come out and claim victory, right? I mean, he will, sure, right? But there's no way where anyone's going to be able to defend it except for maybe Tucker Carlson and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, but the reality is like, there's, there's at, at this point, he's just, he's losing any leverage to, to, to baby back out of this and retain any sort of dignity, I guess. Right. Um, you know, it's just, he, he put himself and his people in this position. I feel bad for the Russian people. My heart goes out to them, especially the ones who don't want the war, especially the ones who are pushing back and risking their lives right. to protest it. But, you know, being incarcerated and God knows what. Um, but, you know, Putin did this. Yeah. Right. Because of his insecurity, greed, ego, narcissism, whatever you want to call it. Um, he did this. He did this to his people. He did. He's doing this to his country. Um, he's doing this to the Ukrainians. Um, and, and whatever happens to this, whatever happens to him after this, he did it to himself. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, and I will definitely put myself among them, overestimated Putin. I mean, we've, I've always said he's a very intelligent guy, just fucking evil. But he seems to have played this one pretty badly. I mean, he yeah, seems to have I, thought that they would just walk through. I mean, and, you remember when we were talking and, like, I think he's dangerous because of every, the resources at his disposal. But remember you and I were talking and I was like, I don't know if Putin is what he seems. Because I was, I was reading um, an author and I, I'm really upset at myself that I can't remember. But an article did a long form essay um, explaining the sort of rise of Vladimir Putin. And he gets... Um, you know, he, he gets all this sort of uh, uh, mythology oh, and yeah. about being a KGB agent and, you know, rising to power. But in reality, how he got to power. Now, it took some some cunning to get from where he was to where he was at. But like he wasn't James Bond and then took over the country. Like, I mean, he was a, he was basically an analyst. Right. Okay. And then he saw like as Russia was going through with, you know, like Gorbachev and, and Yeltsin and all other stuff, he sort of attached itself. Um, you know, he got, you know, in with an oligarch and then attached himself to, to, to Yeltsin and basically uh, um, was able to, you know, sort of manipulate his way into a powerful inner circle, um, you know, with the backing of very, very wealthy Russian oligarchs. Um, and then, you know, sort of slowly was able to mount this path to becoming the, you know, lifetime leader right. of Russia, right? Now, that that in and of itself takes a certain amount of whatever you want to call it. Um, but at the same time, it's not like you're, you're, you were dealing with um, this this war hero who, who um, you know, ran through the streets killing men right. left and right and, you know, like – plotted all these right. uh, you know he's like, like he's, he's not, not a, he's, he's not, not a, right like he's not a war strategist he's not he's not a war hero he's he's a he is an intelligent guy um but i i think people were overestimating i think you know the mythology he created about himself um sort of took over the narrative regarding him and now we're finding out that uh, you know he's not a great strategist um he overestimated his might 
um, and now he's sort of paying the consequences for it. And I think a lot of that might come from the fact that he surrounds himself with yes men and yes. people who don't yes. want to tell him bad news. So it's you know right. well because that because he's he will kill you right. Yeah, I mean he, he I mean that we know he will do. Um, you know, and there's a lot of pressure on Russian athletes to, you know, to denounce Putin. And if they don't, oh, that's brutal. Um, and if they don't, then you know these, you know, whether it's the World Tennis Association or some, of the, they're not letting these athletes play. And I think there was a dancer um, on Broadway or or with the New York uh, Opera that got um, booted because she wouldn't, you know, denounce strongly enough Putin. And and I, to me, I don't think that's fair. Right. I mean, because you're talking like, listen, these people, they got family in Russia and Putin will fucking kill them. Right. Right. Or imprison them or torture them or all of the above. Right. Like, so we it's not fair to us to put these people in a situation to say, you know, like, say this thing that makes us feel better about you. Right. Your family, their life, their safety, your life, your safety be damned. You need to make us feel better about you. Right. Like, so. We don't care about you unless you're willing to say or do this particular thing. And I just, to me, that, that doesn't feel right. Like that, that, that two wrongs don't make a right. You're forcing these people into a situation. Like, I don't believe this is a stand for something or stand or nothing sort of deal when, you know, lives are in danger. I hate when people that, what do I call it, project their values or virtue signal, virtue signal. And try to, again, make themselves feel good. A bad thing happened. I'm going to make a really weird parallel. But when the NCAA came down super hard on Penn State because of Jerry Sandusky, Jerry Sandusky was long gone. None of those kids deserved to get punished for what Jerry Sandusky did. But it made people feel better. Something awful happened. Right. And now other people will suffer because of this. Well, you didn't really right a wrong when you did that. No, you didn't. thing here. Right. I mean, like all those kids who were traumatized were basically re-traumatized when you dragged all this stuff up. Right. It essentially killed Joe Paterno. Um, and it, it like just caused so much unnecessary, you know, trauma and right. drama when you already had a horrific situation that needed to be handled in court, which it was. Which it was. Jerry Sandusky right, did like, rot in jail for right, the rest of his life, you know, and he fucking should. Yeah, I mean, like firing Joe Paterno. Okay, fine. Yeah, you yeah, have to do it. Right. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, they shouldn't have done anything because Joe. But it just like I mean, like that's the that was the fallout of everything that right. happened. Um, and and so I I see what you're saying. I see the connection there. Um, you know, and, and we don't have to yeah, stay on that very long, but I mean, I just, I think it's that... the same concept. Yeah. Uh, we're going to punish you because we don't like something that you're associated yeah. with, even though you have nothing to do with it. Right. And I mean, it just like, I'm looking, you know, because the World Tennis Association um, is, is doing this to Russian, you know, tennis players. Right. If, if their statements aren't coming out strong enough, then they're saying you can't play in these tennis tournaments. You had a dancer who was booted off. Um, and I just, I think that's the wrong direction to go, right? Like th- those aren't the people that we're worried about. Now, listen, now Alex Ovechkin um, is a, like, he's got pictures on his social media with Vladimir Putin talking about how they're good buddies. And, you know, he's been very support- supportive of Putin in the past for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever. Right. And I feel like Ovechkin's been playing since I've been alive. That's but, not far from true. But, um, you know, I mean, like, so he's got a long-standing relationship with them. So to me, that's a little bit different. It's a lot different, right? But I mean, it's Dominic Hashik came out and called on the NHL to yeah. to to basically boot him, boot yeah. him out of the league. And Dominic Hashik is one of my all-time favorite players. Yeah. He's, he's a he's from uh, the Czech Republic, right? And I think if you are his age, 
and grew up in the Czech Republic, you probably have a lot of a little bitterness beef. towards yeah, a, a little. There's a little beef thing. there, right? Um, so yeah, I just I, th- I think so. That's a little bit different of a scenario when you're dealing with people like that. And I don't know how many of those, you know, international athletes out there. Those are a lot of sports that I I don't particularly right. you know have a, a huge. Uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to. Um, but I just, I, I just think that's an interesting sort of side story, sort of fallout from all of this. Um, you know, as we, as we move on to Elon Musk. What um, a fucking lunatic. I've been a fan of that guy for a long time. He's lost me. He apparently said something about challenging Putin to single combat. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I just like, like I, it, mano y mano. I mean, oh boy. Um, first of all, we had a great time watching old Mike Tyson fight old Roy Jones Jr. Yes. That was a very entertaining situation for a variety of reasons. If Snoop Dogg is willing to smoke a massive blunt when Elon Musk fights Vladimir Putin, I'll do the pay-per-view. We will do the pay-per-view. Okay, yeah, I mean... Other than that, it's too old fucking dude. Come on. I mean, Elon Musk, he's not even that old, right? I mean, I think he's... He's actually roughly my age. I think think I'm like a year older than him. Right, like, I think he's a little bit... He's... Closer to you than me. I think he's, he's between us, but yep. not, you know, he's pretty close to you. Um, but yeah, watching him fight Vladimir Putin, I, I don't. Uh, so stupid. Like, I don't even like, know. Has Elon Musk ever f- fought anything? I don't like, does know. he have any sort of, like, does he, was, when he's out there with I, I California, is he I, training with Rogan? Yeah, I don't like, know. Maybe. I, I just, either way, it's he doesn't just, look. I mean, oh, he, no, he can't judge got, a book by his cover. But I mean, I I, I don't think know. He can in this case. I, I just I don't know if that's a good move by no, Elon. I mean, weird. now listen. Anytime we've seen Vlad fight, we've seen we've actually seen Vlad fight. The problem is, is that they're all stage fights. Right. Like remember, it's just like the hockey thing right, where they let him score goals or whatever, and it was like seven. Right. But yeah, still. like he did a he did a um, he did an Aikido tournament with. Mm. Uh, Seagal? Steven Seagal, right, who I, you know, is a massive Putin guy. I didn't realize that. Vladimir Putin, as he says it. And, uh, you know, like, so Putin is, like, fighting with this guy, but, like, the guy is clearly just letting Putin throw him around. Right. Right. Like, he's not defending. He's not, he's barely controlling his own body weight. Um, So, we know that Putin knows the basics, but I I just, even if, even. Almost 70 years old? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's in his mid-60s, okay. so, but I still don't think that's a great fight for Elon. No, it's not a good, it's the, just the concept, you're the CEO of multiple companies, you, and, and you've, you've built your brand but on What if Putin was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you oh, in yeah. fucking Cyprus, come on, let's go. <laughs> like, and I think Musk is actually crazy enough to actually do it, I just, I, I now yeah. I, you know what, the more I talk about it, now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> The more we talk about, it, the more I just I'm kind of like you know what I can um, I can I, I want to see this, um, and I don't even know. I mean, I think I'm rooting for Musk, right? I'm rooting for Musk. I would hope so. Yeah, I'm if rooting for if Musk. There's anyone you would root for? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely rooting rooting for Elon Musk. Um, you know, like so, if Musk wins, does Putin stop? Like, is the war over? I I don't. No, I, I, I don't think the... Do we have time to get Musk trained? These are all... You know, and we got... You know, we got to get, though. We got to get the guy who trained Apollo and then Rocky yep. to come in. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that guy's even still alive. He, I doubt it. I, I mean, doubt it. Probably not. So... But, okay, so my, plan, some... my plan's already fucked. Oh, well. 
So was my NCAA bracket. So it's a bad day for me. <laughs> so um, my, I mean, mine got blown yeah, up on the first night. Yeah, that's true. Kentucky, I can't believe Kentucky. it. Like I mean, I, I, I listen. I did put some thought into my bracket, and I didn't. Th- whatever. I did too. Okay. And we'll we'll get to like, it in sports. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So Marjorie Taylor Greene came out and basically bro, said, "Bro, said, G Ukraine, why are you fight, fighting? You can't win." So you should just basically lay down your arms. Yeah, and I mean, she literally, she she literally said, like, look, we we are encouraging them to continue a fight that they cannot win, um, and you know, in order to stop, basically stop the bloodshed, then they they just need to quit, and that to me is one of the most insulting things I've ever read in my life. Because listen, one, I'm an athlete, but between my time as an athlete, between my time at West Point, between um, just my time in law school, like. It, my whole life as an American has been you don't quit, right? There's not a sport. There's no sport that I have played where quitting was an option. And if you did quit, you were fucking ostracized, right? At West Point, you for damn sure don't quit, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you don't quit no matter what. Like, you could, I mean, literally, I broke a leg and, like, still had to finish my three-mile run. Like, you, you don't quit. And quitting is the one way to guarantee defeat. That's true. And so these people, these people are fighting for their country. They're fighting for maybe not their future because there are plenty of them who know that they're going to die. Yeah. But they're fighting for their kids and their grandkids and they're fighting for a country that they've known as home. And yeah. so you're telling them to quit because it's an inconvenience for you because you don't want to watch it on TV? So Marjorie Taylor Greene, would you have said the same thing to the founding fathers? Miss I, Miss I grabbed the 1776 banner right. and run with it, America. Are really going to tell George right. Washington? This, see, Mar- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene was telling people in Georgia that they needed to pick up arms and and have a gun ready in case somebody came to try to get them to take a fucking vaccine. Right now, this is some. Now, this is a whole another whole ass country coming into theirs to take their freedom, and you're telling them that they need to quit. Bitch, get the fuck out of here. Come on. Exactly. I I hope she is held accountable for that. She's not going I, to. I, I know. I said She's hope. not going to. Well, With all the shit that she said over the last year and a half, there's been no accountability. They kicked her off some committees and she had to pay a bunch of fines because she wouldn't get a vaccine. She's, she's, they're, they're, the only way it happens is if a Republican challenger in her district, in the primary, calls her out for this nonsense and says... This lady is telling you she's all. She's got to get beat. And the problem is, though, even even once she's out of Congress, which I mean, we're hoping is uh, you know after this next election cycle, but even she, after she's after, she's still gonna, she's still gonna, they're still she's gonna give her a platform. Now. She's an attractive woman. Who right, she's gonna be on Fox right News, things. OAN. Wait, what did you say? Wait, wait, go back. She's an attractive woman. Marjorie, um, Taylor, Marjorie Taylor Green is an attractive woman to me. No, that's, that's okay. I I I am saying that's not true. I'm okay. saving you from yourself. You don't believe that. I do. Jedi mind trick. You don't believe that. I don't. Are you serious? This is not, this Gross. Is not her face. I. She's got a great body. I'm a 50 year old. Okay. And okay. I, I mean, like, right, she's, yeah, she's, she's got a, break, breaking her down she's physically got, is not where we want to go. No, no. I mean, it's objectifying women. She's fault, got a nice body. Fault. Her face is trash. Okay. And, and she's, she's a, a trash human. human being. I mean, <laughs> she's a trash human. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not. But I think Lauren Boebert is cute. Yeah, but she's a trash human being. Yeah. Completely trash human being. Yes. You can be a trash human being and still be a physically attractive person. True. True. Marjorie uh, Taylor uh, Green. I I find I find her attractive, but not she's her got, face. No way. I I don't know if I've ever seen her face. Um, <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, um, bitch, you lie. <laughs> you're telling me no, you don't believe that. I do believe that. Um, no, you don't. Um, 
Anyway, but yeah, she she needs to be held accountable for this. She I agree with you. I just I just don't know how you do it. The one thing about the, this Trump era is you realize how little teeth have been behind all these unwritten rules, all these things that we thought we sure. had to do, you know, all the rules you had to play by and all this other stuff. And then Trump and his minions come in. They don't follow any right. of them. They rip it all up. They they took the rule book and wiped their ass with it and flushed it down the toilet. And the Democrats and the rest, everybody else is like, well, that sucks. Can you stop doing that, please? That's it. That's all we, we said, got. We said please. Right. We're going to censor you. And we're gonna we're we're telling you that we don't like what you said at all. This is this is Team America. We'll write a very stern letter telling you how angry we are. Yeah, that's I mean, but that's exactly what's going on. We'll become very angry with you yeah. and write you a letter telling you how angry we are. It's just it, it, it's um and that's the most frustrating thing about it, right? I mean, like sure. shit. You got Matt Gates, you know, trafficking seventeen year old girls across the country for sex, and we still don't know where that's at. Now I know that they're doing an investigation and. And they're, they're they're taking their sweet time, I guess, because they want to make sure that they've got a, a good case. I mean, I'm I'm getting to a point where, look, I, I get that investigations take a long time, but I mean, this is over a year. That yeah. girl's gonna be able to legally buy alcohol by the time this goes to I court. Think she, I, well, I think it was from previous years, so I mean, like she like Maybe she may out. already okay. be of a yeah, whatever. But whatever. anyway, the, you know, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's who she is. I mean, she it's it's frustrating. Right. I mean, it's frustrating that these are the type of people who have been put into leadership positions because like, I, I, I know people, I work with people that I know are good leaders, that are smart, intelligent people that have good hearts, that don't care about the politics, that just want what's best for everyone. And in that, knowing that they can't make everybody happy or in one, any one particular group happy. And that's who you need in these positions, and yet we get people like this, and we get right. people like Matt Gates, or Matt Gates, or we get people like Josh Mandel in Ohio, who went face to face with his the guy running against him for Senate uh, in Ohio, and the guy said, "You've never worked a day in your life in the private sector." Mandel comes back, "I did two tours in Iraq," and then he calls the guy a pussy, and they're bumping bellies, and I didn't see. This. It was the most it, ridiculous. I thought I sent it to you. Maybe I didn't. Is, I, is Mandel the guy that? Uh... He's got the commercial. The wall, I'm pro Trump. I'm for that's Mandel. Yeah, he's he, he's like pro Trump, pro pro right. God, pro Trump, pro gun is his right. ad. Right. And uh, the other thing is, I'm actually only like one step, one one degree of Kevin Bacon removed from the guy, because I have friends that belong to a yacht club that he's a big shot at. Oh, I'm actually closer than you. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't even want to talk. I can, I actually okay. I I won't tell you how on the show. Sorry. Okay. Um, just because it's the people who know him are not happy that they do. Okay. Well, I will say this. I had a dream that I was at an event and ran into him in the same... Josh Mandel? Yes. Yes. First of all, the way you said I had a dream, it felt very MLK. Yeah, I, I don't deserve that kind of a... No, my dream is I hung out with a douchebag and got to an argument with him at the Cleveland Yacht Club. So that my I have a dream speech falls short of the original by quite a bit. But anyway, you fighting Josh Mandel at a yacht club for whatever reason is just a fantastic image. Oh, in my I, head. And, and again, I just because <laughs> in, in my dream, my friends that got me there tell me just don't say anything, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say anything about. And then I said the thing, and it just got ugly in a hurry. By the way, in the same dream, we were going to Las Vegas, which we are doing. Yeah. And uh, is this a recent dream? Yeah. This oh, was this week, <laughs> like last night, two nights ago. In the dream last night, um, I forgot all my luggage, so we arrived in Vegas, and I had nothing. And I didn't figure it out until we were in Las Vegas. And I'm like, I can get by in one pair of shorts for a few days. 
And then I woke up going, thank God that was a dream. Right, because, make sure you have yeah, all your shit. Now you're I, scaring I, me. Yeah, well, that's my, my, my cry for help, perhaps. Okay. All right, right We're not here. sharing underwear. We are not doing that. I agree. Actually, I don't um, think we could anyway. I... We're, we're changing subjects of what we're doing. Um, real quick, it's physically want, bigger than you. You are physically bigger work. than me. Just the idea of me putting on your underwear and having it like, no, it's not. be clean. I'm, oh, now you're offended that I won't do it. <laughs> um, no, I, so one of my friends from the comedy scene was like blowing up Facebook about Brittany Griner saying no one's talking about it. And I'm like, bitch, this is our show because yeah. we talk about it a lot. And um, the only bit of what I'm going to call good news is apparently reports have come out that she's met with her legal team multiple times. She's in good health, but I stand by my statement. We got to get her to the yeah, U.S. Embassy and I get her the fuck out I just don't know how the fuck we do it. How do we do even, it? I have no idea. I don't know how to get, like, I, and, and this is, this is, I, listen, I want her to come home, all right? I want her to be reunited with her family. I want her on U.S. soil. I want her away from the situation because this is not something, I, do, I don't believe that she put, the, I think that the, the hash oil that they found was planted. Um, I believe that they used, they, they recognized her because listen, she stands out. She's a seven foot tall black lesbian in right. Russia, right? Like, I'm sorry. Like you said, any like, one of those things, right? Like how, how are you going to hide that? So she stands out. She was an easy target and they took her, I think because of all those things, right? Because they know how fucked up we are in the United States, how much we focus on race and all that other stuff. They knew that it would be a pain point for us if they took her, and they took her specifically because of who and what she is, and she is paying a price for something that has nothing to do with her and is out of her control. It is beyond unfair, and it would be no matter who it was, but it's the reasoning behind why they took her. This is a complete mind fuck, right? Because there's a a segment of people that are looking at Brittany Griner and saying, "Eh, I know... You know, because they don't want the Russians to have an American, but then the American that they have, they're not a particular fan of, right? Like, so there's a group of people out there that are like, fuck, what do we do, right? And then, you, you know, well, you've got your progressives well, on the left that are just... Of, a lot of those people are also licking Tucker Carlson's boots on the like, Exactly. And, and exactly. he's licking but, Putin's. But, and that's the whole point. They're, they're doing it intentionally to get to, again, to, to jam a divide. They've been doing it since 2015, probably before, probably before yeah. you know what I mean? If you go back to 2012 or whatever, uh, you know, as their ability to hack and all that other shit and, and as Facebook blew up, but they've been, they've been stirring that pot, right? Like, and everyone's talking about, oh, they interfered with the election. No, I don't even think that they did anything government related. Maybe they tried to hack something. But just using social media, pitting people, knowing that we had this giant wound of racism and issues that we never dealt with. And they said, all we got to do is just poke our finger in there. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, it'll send them ape shit. And, and they guess, did. You know, Brittany, I, I think it's perfectly possible she had. A weed pen in her bag. Ba- Even I so, I don't care. I mean, I'm going to have one in my bag when we go to Vegas, possibly. I'm going to. Okay. Well. But, <laughs> but don't you, you know, in, in, in that, from a propaganda and causing trouble standpoint, Brittany Griner fits, checks a bunch of boxes. She's black, she's gay, and she's successful. Right. So, and, a, and a woman. And right? a woman, yeah. I mean, but I, I just, I don't know. I mean, knowing how these professional leagues work, I mean... They, they, there's so many things that they tell, like they, they make sure that these people, these, these girls, these women, these men, the people that they know where they're going and what they're doing. Right. And I'm sure like, they, like 
there's no way that you're going to Russia and saying, yeah, I'm going to just try to sneak weed in and out. Like knowing that you got to go through customs. I, I just, I find it very hard to believe that she would be that, that dumb to do it. Like, right. I mean, I just, I no, don't. I, 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 hear, I hear your point. I and I think that. it's an easy, it, it was an easy, it, she was an easy target for that exact reason. Right, because it's easy to say, yeah, she could, I could totally see that happening. Right, it's legal here, it's legal there, it's right. legal everywhere else. It's just not legal in Russia. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that I, that, and that's the beauty of a good setup, right? Is that you know, like you, it's not obvious, it's not blatant, right? right. But but in this particular instance, I I think that they targeted her, and they saw an opportunity, and they took it. Yeah, well, and it'll be. I mean, I hope I that we can get her home. I just I don't know how it happens. I, I I hope we can get her home intact and yes and as soon as possible. Um, and I and I hope more outlets talk about it. I mean I know it's getting some coverage, but it's frankly, and maybe the coverage it's getting fuels of fuels of flames. I mean, right. but I, it's still. also hard. I mean I I don't. It's hard to say. I mean she's there, but we don't know anything, right? right. And I don't know how much how much can you say? Like Brittany Griner still in Russia? Yeah, still trying yeah. to get back. I mean it's. There's only so much that that can be said, so it's probably something easy to miss throughout. I the think day. we send them Alex Ovechkin for their Olympic team next next go round, and then uh, get trade her for Brittany Griner straight up. That was a bad joke that didn't land at all. So I'm going to move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, but anyway, I hope that she is returned home soon, and getting her to the U.S. Embassy is step one, if that's even possible. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, ugh. all right, so. I keep having people throw Hunter Biden shit in my face all the time. And I know mm. the New York Times put some stuff out there. I'll just put it out there. You've never been shy about criticizing me when I'm when I when you feel I'm uh, dismissing something. I don't give a fuck. I do not give a fuck about Hunter Biden at all. He's irrelevant to the government. You know, the the, the Republicans are so pissed that they weren't able to dig up dirt prior to the election because they thought digging up dirt on Hunter, which may well be out there because the guy's Kind of a douchebag. Dude, what do you mean? I mean like, I mean, they published pictures of him with three prostitutes doing cocaine. Well, well, well the, 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 the most recent stuff, st some of it stemmed from the mother of one of his children who was like a stripper. And so we knocked up some stripper in D.C. Mm -hmm. She has a kid. Mm -hmm. And now she's spilling dirt about, you know, him. And like, okay, I get it. The guy is a, if I'm being charitable, a very flawed human being. Listen, drug he's, and, he's an addict. He's got issues. I mean, he lost his mom. He lost his brother. Yeah. Um, he's he's got an addiction issue, and all of and Joe Biden knows this. Yeah. Right. Like so, he loves his son. He wants to take care of his son, but at the same time, Joe Biden hasn't done anything like with his son or in the name of his son that is notable that, that so that's going to impact the government that's relevant to, to, government. To, to, to the u.s government i mean like there are i think hunter biden you know was constantly put his dad in bad situations or tried to and joe biden was smart enough to be able to avoid it but you know like you can't make a connection to any money that hunter biden got that went to joe biden i mean you can't make a connection that joe biden did anything to put Hunter Biden in a position at Burisma or anything else, you know, Hunter Biden used like, Hey, I'm Hunter Biden. Joe Biden's my dad. Why don't you give me a job? And they're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. And you, you know, very probably overpromised you. I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I mean, there's even there's emails if you go through and you read it. Like there's these the emails where he's saying like, "Look, I'm gonna talk to my dad. I can't make him do anything. He's not gonna do anything that he doesn't feel comfortable with." But we'll see where it goes. It doesn't go anywhere. There's no, there's nothing to connect him to, right? Now, listen, investigate it. But ultimately, what this is coming down to is, you know, initially it was we're looking at his taxes. And you know what? He owed money on his taxes, but he paid it. Um, you know, there's some lingering issues out there with him and what he did. But there's no, there's, there's, not, there, there's no connection that we've seen to this point. Um to Joe Biden and Joe Biden's dealings with the U.S. government. And so, look, dig into it. Dig into it as much as you Go want. On. If you find if you find something, okay. Right? If you find something that's legit and that's real, right, that's not just some shit that Tucker Carlson said on his show that, you know, is taken out of context or misconstrued um, or, you know, like if it's something real that shows that Joe Biden uh, is corrupt or taking kickbacks or... Um, was manipulating the the Ukrainian government by having bite oh, his son there. Okay, fine. Then let's take him down, right? I have no issue with that whatsoever. But I just don't. I haven't seen it. I don't think you're going to find it. I think that Hunter Biden is a flawed human, like you said. He's an addict. He's a buffoon, and he constantly gets himself into really bad situations. Um, doesn't know how to get out of them. Calls his dad. His dad takes a hands-off approach, does as much form as he can from a distance, and that's it. You know, I mean, you, you, you're 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 trying to exploit a relationship between a father and a son, with in a family that has seen a shit ton of tragedy. True, right? I and, mean, it, but it's just become it's become a talking point. It's, yeah, that's it's all it's been is. Gazi, it's, it's 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 you know, it, 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 it just annoys the shit out of me. Now, the funny thing is that these same people would never criticize Trump for basically turning his kids into his cabinet. I mean, his son-in-law right. and daughter were directly involved in White House affairs on a daily basis. Yes. Uh, Don Jr. and Eric, I frankly don't know what role is, but I've heard way more from them than I care to. I have not heard a word from Hunter Biden, and I don't want to, but he's, he's to me... He's busy. Thing, yeah, got the he got stuff going on. And, and you know what? I, I, I shouldn't be a dick and be dismissive about, you know, he is an addict and he clearly has serious issues. Yeah. And there's lots of things that, you know, he's not the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with and, 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 you know, watch sports and have a beer with. But I just, the obsession with him is hilarious to me because say what you want about, um, you know, right-wing media, they love themselves some catchphrases and... Hunter Biden, like I said, has put himself in the Benghazi, um, cosmic pizza, whatever the fuck, gate, whatever. And I just, it just annoys the shit out of me. But moving on, um, your boy, Chris Cuomo, is suing CNN for $125 million for wrongful termination. And I, I said back in the day when he got fired, like, so he used his power to try to help his brother defend himself against allegations. Classy, maybe not. I'd have done it. I don't know why it. It, it just was one of those. Another one of those. His brother's name became super toxic, and they said we're washing our hands of you. And Chris Cuomo left fairly quietly, and now he's going. Pay well, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's going scorched earth. I mean he threw Don Lemon under the bus, and uh, oh, I didn't see that. That's, yeah, that's just kind of disappointing. Yeah, they were they were they were boys, but he threw Don Lemon under the bus because he said Don Lemon did something similar and. 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't know where this goes. I don't. So, so the problem is, like, you know, I think New York is a at will state, right? Employment at will. Um, you know, I should know that having lived there as long as I did. I don't know. Right. I mean, so it's may I don't know. Maybe they settle with him. And, you know, they find some sort of happy medium because, you know, CNN probably has plenty of dirt that they don't want, you know, dragged out. In I, I'm life. 100% sure you're right about that. Um, you and know, you see I, what happened at Fox. I mean, how many Fox anchors oh got? God. Right. So, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, 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 I see why he's upset. Um, I, I personally think that he probably went a little too far with, with what he was trying to do for his brother. Um, I also can see the argument that it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough. I mean, would I sue? Yeah, probably. I mean, and look, it's probably just a business move, right? He may have even talked to Don Lemon and I can't, oh, Acosta, I think is the other guy. Acosta, yeah. I mean, he probably talked to him and was like, guys, look, um, you know, I'm pretty much untouchable from a media standpoint. I'm not going to go work for Fox News. You know, I'm going to throw some shit out there. It's not personal. I just need to get paid. You know, and yeah. maybe Don Lemon and Acosta were like, all right, man, whatever, you know, I mean, good luck. It's entirely possible that Don Lemon and Jim Acosta and many people hate the senior brass at CNN. Yeah. I mean, when, when Howard Stern and Letterman were working for NBC, Letterman would tow the company line, but it was well known that they both could not stand the management at NBC. This yeah. could be the same situation there. It could be, right? I mean, so they, you know, they're just like, do what you got to do. And he drags them for, you know, what he right. feels is similar actions and activities. Um, it leads to a settlement. He gets paid and he pays for Don and Jim to go on vacation with, uh, I don't right. know, you know. Um, I, we, I, wanna, I can't wait to get into sports stuff. But real, before we do that, we have to talk about the Wells Fargo situation. So Wells Fargo shows the data of their willingness to lend to minorities, particularly black people, shows a real ugly trend. Like people who were trying to get refinancing. Yeah. The 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 rate of rejection amongst uh black people getting refinanced by Wells Fargo compared to other ethnic groups. And these are refinances. Yeah. So this is not, you know, this is not, well, you know, people in the ghetto not having money, so therefore they yeah. didn't get loans. And I'm not trying to dismiss that. But yeah. but this is they have a house. They're trying to do something that you and I both did in the last yep. year. And the rate of rejection, in, in almost every case, when someone refinances, it's because they're going to be saving money. Right. So it's not like you're worried about their ability to pay things back. So what is it? Because this this just stinks of yeah. racism. I mean, it just does. Yeah, I, I just, um, you know, because, you know, the argument's going to be, oh, well, they just didn't qualify. And it's like, mm, I don't know. Like, I mean... Not qualifying for a refi is is tough, right? Like, I mean, you have the asset in your right. house. <laughs> you know, I, I I think you you're, you're they would need to sh- like they would kind of need to show data to back it up, right? And even then, it's just like then you're gonna but you're gonna need to show that data across the board for people that you did approve, right? I mean, and and which I I don't know who's going to make them show this data, but like if they if they want to say that they're what they did was justified and all those people just weren't qualified by any metric, um, which just seems odd. Like, so you mean to tell me you had a bunch of people who owned a home um, that, like, and, I, I, and I'm trying to look up the... Um, well, keep in mind, Wells Fargo had some real ugly, shady practices in the past about opening accounts for people that didn't 
Nobody yeah. them open. I mean, Wells well, Fargo. No, Wells Fargo has all sorts of issues. Like, Wells Fargo was laundering money for drug cartels. That happens, though. Shut up, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, I mean, like, the number was, you know, like close Mr. to 50%. Mr. Mr. Chapo, your first name is L? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it was El Chapo. Was and, really? and other, like, yeah, and other cartels, like, they were definitely laundering money through real estate and through other banks and affiliates in uh, Mexico and Central America. Well, what's funny is they got their start as a stagecoach company delivering money securely. And, and I yep. mean, they were basically, you know, the term riding shotgun meant you're on a, yeah. a stagecoach with, with a, a shotgun, shotgun because right. you, the guys were going to come and rob you. Yes. Um, but so anyway, this needs to be looked at. And if they broke the law, if they broke anti-discrimination laws, burn them to the fucking ground. I, I mean, Wells Fargo should have been burnt. <laughs> this is like true. the fifth thing that they've done that they should have been burned for. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious to see where that goes. I mean, you know, we're talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene and, you know, her needing to be burned. And, and now Wells Fargo, I mean, I just, I don't have any faith that they will. I agree. I mean, I just, I think that, you know, I mean, it's just like you can, like, and listen, I'm not scorched earth guy. Like, if you make one mistake, you need to be burned forever. No, I don't, I don't think that. But, like, Wells Fargo has a pattern of just shitty behavior as a lending institute as a financial institution. Right. And it's just, at some point it's just like, look, man, like it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's just like every couple of years, there is some sort of scandal with you guys. At some point, when you just break them up and spread their assets among the rest of the big banks that at least know how to cover up their fucking tracks. Right. Well, Fargo <laughs> can't even cover their shit up. That's, like, that's, I mean, like, like, I mean, cause all so these fun. banks do shady shit, but this, but Wells Fargo is just like, yeah, we're just doing it. We don't care. They're like, shouldn't you? Nah, nah, it's cool. Nothing will happen. It, it, it's fine. And yeah. nothing does, right? Like, they pay a fine, and they just keep on going. So yeah, it's just like, I don't know. History does. We should write them. A, we should get very angry and write them a letter telling them how angry <laughs> we are. Letter. Uh, a harsh warning. little no. reference to the movie Crash, which is a bad movie. But so, All right. Cleveland. Yes, sir. Sports. Oh, okay. Things r- are. R- r- real quick. John Clayton passed away. You did. Real quick John Clayton thing, because we were oh. driving, returning your flooring. And I like John Clayton. I really I did. Too. I thought it was interesting. It was funny. He had an iconic <laughs> ESPN commercial where he had the ponytail. That's and, great. and, you know, it was just, yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, and you got to understand for me. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Right. Like, John Clayton reported on the, on the Steelers through the 70s and 80s, so before my time. But he was always very insightful for the Steelers, even afterwards when he went on the ESPN. And even when he had his show out in Seattle. Um, he still, you know, he would go to Steelers training camp. He would talk about them. Not, he did recently say something that was pretty insane, um, saying how, you know, Stefan Tuitt was a Hall of Famer and Cameron Hayward wasn't, which I'm just like, how, what, what are you basing that off of? It All makes right. no sense. Stefan Tuitt's a really good player, but he's always injured and missed an entire season last year for an injury and, and grieving. While, and meanwhile, Cam Hayward had a, you know, fucking well, almost a year, yeah. record-breaking season. So, um, but John Clayton is just one of those guys who, especially like in my high school and college years, was just a staple to the NFL, you know, to the NFL season, covering the draft, covering free agency, covering the season, and, and you know, never really said anything controversial, just really, you know. He was a straight reporter. Right. Like, I mean, he just covered football. And, you know, they were telling the story when we were driving that John Clayton <laughs> took a vacation once. Right, and he took, go. he took a vacation once, and he what he did was he flew to L.A., and then he stayed at the the LAX Marriott, right. and he sat by the pool for like three days, and then he right. flew back home. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, John, 
that's, that's not, not a vacation. That's not a vacation. That's right. Like I don't know. I mean, and it is to him, but that, I mean, again, that's just how dedicated he was. He never wanted to miss anything. He always wanted to be right there, and, and you know, you feel for his family. Um, it's a huge loss in the football world, and uh, he, he definitely will be missed. Yep. And the, the one thing that was said actually when you were dealing with receipts at Menards <laughs> is that uh, actually they're talking about a guy from the Buffalo News and how he said that he never tried to big time anybody, even when he yeah. became a big shot. He would go on and do local Buffalo stuff, hardly yeah. a glamour city, and treated everyone with respect. Yeah. And just, you know, he again, he loved covering the game. He was obviously not the ex-jock who no. wound his way into. Right. He, just, he was a, he apparently grew up in a poor part of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Went to school, I think, at Duquesne, they said. Yep. And got it anyway. So, rest in peace, um, John Clayton. But yes, Cleveland is the center of sports right now for a bizarre <laughs> center reason. Center of the NFL world, for sure. All right, you want to go first? Or you want me? Um, why don't you go first? Because we know how I get with this stuff. All right. So, if you've been living under a rock and don't know, the Cleveland Browns traded a hell of a lot. I was three first rounders and multiple other picks to Houston to get Deshaun Watson on a five-year, two hundred thirty million dollar, allegedly fully guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. and yet retained Baker Mayfield, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, I mean, they're gonna trade him, but for just, okay, yeah, like but, they're they're gonna trade him, but they should have traded him before. Like they should have traded him before this went down, right? Like I mean, got get what you can get for him, trade him, and then. Have, but now you're gonna get even less than what you were gonna get before because they know that you have to get rid of him because one, he's upset. Two, you have Deshaun Watson. What are you gonna use him for? You're not gonna pay Deshaun Watson. Two hundred thirty million and Baker eighteen million dollars, eighteen million dollars on his fifth year option. So, like you have to get rid of him, and now you're going to get even less for him than you would have before. Now, I I got uh, challenged by one of our regular listeners. We talk about Dave from Philly all the time, mm-hmm. and I said basically I didn't think Watson was a huge upgrade from Baker. He's the numbers don't bear that. The number the numbers say that Watson is better. I, I that's not a slight on Watson. This is not intended to be. It's more of me saying I think Baker Mayfield is super talented. He okay. played last let me, year. Let me let me save it from yourself again. So right, here's the deal: Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Um, statistically, just what he can do physically, he's just he's bigger. He's got a better arm. He's he's and his experience tells us that he can be a top flight quarterback. Now the downside is Watson only has one playoff win, and so is Baker. So. Right. Um, you Oddly, know, Watson's was against my team and Baker's was against yours. Yes. Um, now, you know, like there were, there's a lot of different factors, right? Like the team that Watson was on, who the coach was, what the, you know, the, the talent around him. But none, I mean, I, I don't think that anyone's looking at Deshaun Watson and looking at Baker Mayfield and thinking that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback. Like, I didn't he's say just better. not. I didn't no, say I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that you, I'm just saying in general. Right. Um, and now, you know, as it relates to Baker Mayfield, listen, I'm a guy who went to bat for Baker Mayfield and said he should be, you know, out of that class, he should have been, you know, Number he one was pick, the yeah. one that fit the Browns um, and they should have taken him. And look, yeah, they're trading him now. And it's just like, all right, so it was a mistake. Well, I mean, yeah, like looking back, like Josh Allen is probably the guy out of that draft that you take. Um, but I don't know if Josh Allen works in Cleveland considering the way things have gone. I, I mean, does Josh Allen's career end up any better than Baker's with the shit that has gone on there between – uh, 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 Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson and you know sure. what I mean like with all the other stuff with uh, I just I, I don't know if there was any quarterback who was going to really be successful with some of the stuff that was going on there but 
going back to Baker, like my issue with the Browns jettisoning Baker at this point is no one was talking about this after the Browns beat the Steelers in the playoffs in 2020. Nobody was talking oh, about the getting Super Bowl Browns were all they talked about. Right. Nobody was talking about getting rid of Baker when they go toe to toe with Kansas City and the defense couldn't stop Chad Henney. Right, like right. everything after that was Forgot about that, yeah. right. Like I mean, that that and that that loss was. I mean, Baker played pretty well in that game, um, and the defense falls apart, and then the coach, you know, the coach's ass got tight, and that's ultimately how they ended up losing that game. Um, but it wasn't Baker, right? And then Baker got a shit ton of endorsements, and then people were talking about the Brown, the Browns were going to win the a the AFC North. They're you know they they you know it was hard not to have them in the Super Bowl with OBJ and everything else that they had going on in the run game and all that other stuff. But then football is football, right? Football is football, right, and here's happen. the thing with football: it's like it's a war of attrition. And the Browns got hit hard and heavy with injuries early to the offensive line, um, you know, injuries on defense, and Baker ends up himself getting injured very early in the season. And this is what I tell people all the time: that. In sports, especially with football, um, you got to be you got to know the difference between being hurt and being injured. You can play hurt; you cannot play injured. Baker okay. was injured. Baker was injured, yeah. right? He was injured. They should have set his ass, or he should have demanded to sit, right, for three, four games, whatever he needed. You paid uh, um, the backup. Uh, oh, jeez, yeah, you're the highest paid backup in the league. The kid, yeah, uh, the I'm kid a, from Minnesota. Um, I can't, uh, I can't think I can't, of his we're, name. We're both drawing a blank. Well, Damn he, it, this sucks. The reason why we're drawing a blank is because he didn't play, play, right? Like he never played, and oh, so, um, you know. But either way, they should have set Baker and let that guy play, um, so that Baker could heal. If they really, really wanted to, if they were really focused about winning, uh, right? Kessler, Case Keenum, Case Keenum. Thank so. You. They, what they should have done is put Case Keenum in, let Case Keenum play for four games, let Baker at least heal up some. Like, he needed shoulder surgery or whatever, but he was trying to play through it. No, oh, it's just non-throwing shoulder. Okay, here's the deal. Let me go rip something in your left shoulder, if you're right-handed, or your non-throwing, your non-dominant right. shoulder. And then let me go – now I'm going to throw you out there and you go throw a football. And go tell me how comfortable it is and how, how easy oh, it is. and by the way, get knocked on your ass – 10 times right. a game. And then, and then so here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to tear your whatever in your non-dominant shoulder. I'm going to put a football in your hand. And then I, my 270-pound ass, who was a Division One athlete, I'm going to come and hit you. Right? And let's see how that goes right. for you over and over and over right. and over again. Right. It doesn't go well. Over and over. So okay, Marshawn. It should, they should have set him or he should have set himself, given see, himself. I, I just that he can't set himself. He's yes. not going he, to. You know why? You know why? Because he, he didn't. Guess what happened? Well, true. Look what happened. True. Because here's the deal. If you would have sat himself. I don't care. I don't care because this is business. You got to be smarter than that. Okay. So you sit yourself. You don't play. Case Keenum goes in and does what Case Keenum does. And you're like, all right, get Case Keenum the fuck out of there. Because Case Keenum would have showed his true colors. You put you put Baker back in, and maybe they have a strong. Maybe Case Keenum does enough to yeah, keep you in the playoffs, yep. right? In in the hunt, you put Baker back in. He's feeling better. He's healthy. He's not. You know what I mean? He's not having to protect that shoulder nearly as much. Maybe he doesn't have to wear that harness, and they're able to play, and they're able to get in the playoffs. And you're not having this conversation, right? Like you have to be smart, and the Browns have to be smart there and say, look. We don't know if this is our guy or not, and in order to figure that out, we're not going to figure it out if he's playing injured. 
And that and and so I don't know if it was Baker deciding that he had to play to prove himself because that's ego and narcissism and that cost you, or is that the Browns organization saying, you know what, we don't care, you need to prove it to us one way or another. Were they dumb, or did they do it on purpose to just say, there's no like we don't like him, but we don't have a good reason to get rid of him. But if we make him play hurt, there's no way he's going to perform at the level we need him to. So let's get rid of him that way. I you think know, it would have been very tough for him to say. I'm sitting myself down. I don't give a I, fuck. It was hard. You got to do what's right. You try. You, you try to make millions and be a winner in the league, or you you trying to well, be Tommy Toughnuts. This goes back to your. You know, you don't quit. And I, I mean, this is different. That's not quitting. That's not. No, I, well, there's okay. there's, a, there's right. a big difference between I can't physically do the job the way that I need to. I and if I take the time off, then I can. Like there's a balance, and and, and I'm not. And, and I refuse to be. You're not gonna back me into a corner. Oh, you never quit. Like bitch, you better know the fucking sport. Well, I also think. That, and this is also that, not war. This is why. That's oh, true. But this is why I also say that it's 100 percent on the coaching staff. The coaching staff should have stepped in and said, "You are not right." And that's, that's and that's where job. I have to wonder where the organization was with them. Maybe the organization because I just and, find it hard to believe that you allow your franchise quarterback to go out there and play hurt. Now, I listen, I'm a Steeler fan. I watched Ben Roethlisberger get his ass beat for 18 years. Like that dude took punishment from Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis and, and any number of people for years and played with injuries that he probably shouldn't have. But Ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback for a reason. Right. And, and not everybody, not like he, Baker's not built like Ben. Ben is six, four, six, five and was 260 pounds. Right. I mean, Baker is five foot 11 and, and 210 pounds. Right. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a big difference. And so you just, I think either the coaching staff should have stepped in, like you said. Or the organization just knew he wasn't their guy and knew that the only way that they could really justify doing all the shit that they're doing right now is to let him play himself out of being uh, considered as their future quarterback. And the only way to really do that was for him to play injured. Well, so kind of changing gears. You look at the Browns' management, their their GM and whatever. They decided they wanted Deshaun Watson. Obviously, a very talented player no. with a lot of baggage. Jimmy Jimmy Haslam decided. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Jimmy Andrew Barry didn't make that call. I'm just telling you right now. But Jimmy Haslam made the call. I want to go get me my quarterback. My quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Go get him. Well, then Jimmy Here's Haslam, a blank check. you better be right because because yeah, you just you just mortgaged your franchise. Yes, he did. I mean, you gave up three first round picks. Yes, and. The Houston Texans had been, and we've talked about it on the show and just hanging yeah. out, had been a disaster as an organization. They yes. traded away their stud players, yes. often with little in return. Yep. Now what they did with David Culley, that whole thing, and now... And, and De- DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah. Is Larry Tussle gone? Yeah. Okay, as he, I forget where he went, but, I mean, you traded away all these huge pieces and got relatively little in return. Your franchise is spiraling. Mm-hmm. You've got a quarterback who's been accused by 22 women of sexual misconduct of some kind. Um, not indicted. Gonna, he's being sued, and that's a whole thing. Sexual different... harassment. Uh, Panda. <laughs> What's that? Is it South, South Park? Park, of course. Okay. Um, but uh, to give up that much for a guy that Houston was 
desperate to get rid of is amazing to to me. I mean, literally, last year, Deshaun Watson, as talented as he is, did not play a snap for them, Mm -hmm. even though he was not suspended by either team. So they paid him his full salary to sit because they didn't want to deal with the toxic situation that he was brought. And Cleveland says, we'll show you. We'll give him a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed and our future because... And we're only going to make his first year salary a million dollars because that's a small amount that'll you know right. if he gets when he gets suspended that's all he'll lose. So I mean, you know what? I didn't even I thought they were doing it for cap reasons. No. That's a good point. That's why they did it. Oh, that's so fucking ridiculous. That's why they did oh, it. Oh my god, you're a good good call. So I mean, oh, look, man, it, it's just like this is would I have done it? No, no, I, I there's no way I would have done this. Um, I wouldn't have traded for Watson. Part, I mean, the 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 charges aside, I just I think that look again. I think that Baker's going to go wherever Baker goes. Um, whether it's if he goes to Indianapolis, I think he could be he could actually end up being what I thought that he was. Right? Was uh, you know a good like listen right. because when he is healthy and when he's protected and you give him a running game and listen, Indy's got a running game. Jonathan yeah, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a monster. Right. Year. I mean, he, in, that was in one game, by the way. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, he, Jonathan Taylor is a monster, and they've got some weapons at receiver. Um, you know, the the reality is, I think that Baker and that offense could work really well. The question is, does Indianapolis have enough to get him? Now, mind you, it's also like, well, not only <laughs> did they get a guy from a team that was desperate to get rid of him and give the sun, the moon, and the stars, they have now destroyed their bargaining position. Right. Because if I'm Indianapolis, I'm like, yeah, well, we just traded Carson Wentz for a third, for two-thirds over the next two years. Um, yeah, we'll give you that. Yeah. You know, two-third round picks for Baker. Yep. And, and the Browns need to take it. But and, I just, I, now, because I, I think a lot of people are saying, like, well, Baker's a bust and he's going to be a failure. Um, and and I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't necessarily believe that. We've seen the kid win. We've seen the kid make plays. Um, I think in the right situation where he's supported by the coach. And Frank Wright is a good coach. Yes, he is. Right? Carson Wentz's problem is that Carson Wentz was a knucklehead. Carson Wentz didn't want to listen. Carson Wentz wasn't coachable. Right? And so I think Baker is coachable. Right? Now, yeah. like is He's he, got an attitude. He's kind, he's of, got a he's chip kind on, of a douche. Yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder. And he's, he, he's, he's, got, he's, got, some, he's, he's <laughs> got some growing up to do. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. But, listen, the kid is coachable. You know, I mean, like he, like he put when you when he's healthy, and he's in a decent. Now, here's the thing: he needs a lot of things to go his way to be an effective quarterback. Sure. I'm sorry, that's every quarterback in the fucking league. Right. Except like Lamar Jackson needs a very specific style of offense in order to be successful. So did Tom fucking Brady. Sure, right? I mean, so did Peyton fucking Manning. Right, like so, so did Dan Marie. Like every quarterback, yeah. like yeah, you gotta like and, and good coaches know that. Right, like if your thing is, well, I got to do this and that. He's not going to fit the here, way I want to coach. Here's my system. Right, like fuck your system. Do what you need to do to to put your players in the best position to win. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned watching Bill Belichick over the last twenty years is that Bill Belichick puts his players in the absolute best situation to win as long as they execute, and he drills it into them. So mostly they usually do execute, and that's why they've won more games in the last twenty years. Than anyone, yeah. Followed by the and, Steelers, and as much <laughs> what nice sneak in, mm-hmm. um, but as much as I hate Bill Belichick because he's been beating the shit out of my team for two decades, and as much as I think he's an annoying douchebag, he's a great coach who, um, 
like you said, he utilizes what he has to the best of their abilities. Right. And the lack of willingness to bend by coaches baffles me. Now, yep. I will say this. I've seen the same thing in industry. I've seen like a company, we're going to use Six Sigma. It's like, okay, okay. great. Congratulations. But if your operation sucks, right. you can do that. And I mean, I've, I've seen this in multiple companies. Like, well, we're going to do Six Sigma now, so it's better. Like, Most okay, people don't even you, know what that is. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a it's a efficiency. It's, it's really touchy. Okay, whatever. But no, I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, like, I, I just, yeah, we're going to do things my way. Okay, yes. but you're not getting down to the to the floor. You're not seeing what's really happening. And in these the case of these coaches, right. like, well, my way worked at X, so yes. therefore I can do that here. Well, not if you don't have the right pieces. So I mean. As a you know, tying it back to Baker Mayfield, I think you know, first of all, change the scenery for a guy like him may be the right move. He's definitely got some growing up to do, but I I still think that he can be a winning quarterback that can at minimum get you to the playoffs. Might be able to win it. Like, is he going to need a lot of shit around him? Yeah, but Everyone that's does. but there's no like nobody's take, winning. Take away Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill from Pat Mahomes, right? And they're not winning the Super Bowls. Pat right. Mahomes is great. I mean, listen, the Los Angeles Rams added Odell Beckham Jr. They had. Um, um, added Von Miller. You know, they added <laughs> Von Miller, Cooper Cup, Buffalo Bill, Von Miller. Right. I mean, like they, like all these teams. Like the, you look at these teams that win Super Bowls, and you're looking at the guys on these teams, and they're, they're, for the most part, they're usually stacked. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe Seattle is. You know, when Seattle beat uh, uh, Denver, Denver all those years ago, well, that like, defense was loaded. The defense, that and, defense and, was loaded, and they had Russell Wilson, a couple of receivers, yeah, they, and Marshawn yeah. Lynch. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm just saying. You know, I mean, but they, you look at the receivers, Doug Baldwin, and, and yeah, they did not have a. I right. don't even know who the other receiver. Was. I can't. I, I, we I were watching them earlier today on replay. To right. Having lunch. But um, I don't know. I just so it'll be interesting. Listen, the other big shoe to fall with this is how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for. Um, you know, Ben Ben Roethlisberger got six games. I got reduced down to four. Um, but it was only two women, and one of those proved to not be. But that was an allegation of rape. He's being accused of like soliciting a hand job at a. As yeah, but I, I mean, know. but there's, there's, you know, for uh, there's allegations of forced blowjobs, and you know, there's other, there, there's okay. other stuff in there. I mean, I like look, and and I don't know whether any of it's true or not. Some of it maybe I don't know, but the point is, um, you know, I I don't know if you can, I don't know if the league can get away with parsing it up and say, yeah, it was 22 allegations, but none of them were actually rape. Where Ben was rape and blah blah blah. Well, how about Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, literally got caught in a sting for doing mostly what, what he's accused Deshaun of. Watson, right? And the difference is, he was charged. Yes. Deshaun Watson is not getting charged. There's allegations out there, and 22 is a big number, so it's hard to believe there isn't some fire when there's that much smoke. And I mean, there was another there was another one who came out who she didn't join any of the lawsuits, but she told her story, and it's not great. Um, it's also not quite... It's it's a it's a hard situation, right? Because he's getting a massage, he's naked, and then he like moves the towel, and he never asks her to do anything, but he gets really aroused, and he I think he ends up like popping a load after she like rubbed his thigh or something like that. I don't know. It was it okay. was kind of weird. I mean, I mean, that's not cool. But it's yeah, not like but I mean, like I mean, there's there's specific rules against that shit in massage, like getting when you're getting a legitimate massage. Well, like, use the word legitimate, which could be the part. But who, let okay. me ask this. Who has 22 massage therapists? Well, that's the other thing. Like, that's nobody. Like, I, guys I, guys in the league are like, bro, I got, I have one, right? Like, I mean, and like, listen, I, I go. I can see if it's a handful. If you try listen, a lot, you, go ahead. I, I have two. I've got Big J and I've got Brian. I was saying, both of yours are dudes. Right, and both, both <laughs> of mine are men and neither of them has seen my dick. But, 
you know, it's like in massage therapy, like it's massage therapists are like you, you find someone that you like that does what you want them to do and you stick with them when we're talking about legitimate massage, right? And right. my, and here's my frustration with this. Okay. Deshaun. Okay. If you, if you have a, a massage, neuro massage, sort of like fetish, fantasy, whatever, that's fine. I don't care. It's a whole genre on sure. on on Pornhub. It's fine. But What's if Pornhub? you I've never heard. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but if you if that's what you want, bro, you got to go to where you can do it's my same beef with Robert Kraft. Like right, if that's what right. you want, you can strip off. Like motherfucker, go to Vegas where the shit is allowed. Go to fucking Thailand. Go to the places where the shit is allowed. Why the fuck are you doing it in fucking Texas? <laughs> or Kraft was in Florida. Right. Why not have I mean, have them come to your place. You're Robert Kraft. Right. Like, but isn't the, there going to be some blowback? If they come down on Watson for, again, I don't, some of the stuff might be way worse than I'm giving it credit for. I mean, for. Right, it's hard. I mean, because, like, what are you going to do to Robert Kraft, right? I mean, like, it's different between an owner and a player. True. Because you can't, you can't like, suspend him. I mean, I mean, you can suspend him. Like, all right, you can't come to the stadium. All right, well, I'll just watch in the comfort of my right, massive right, home. Right. Right. My 200000 $200 million dollar yacht. I'll right. Like, let me there. pick. Let me pick one of my multi million dollar properties to watch it from. Like, I, it's it's just it's different. So I don't think they'll be blowback because of the whole Robert Kraft situation. But I mean, my frustration again with Deshaun Watson is like you could have avoided this if that's your thing. One, you could have done. You could have. You go to the places where the shit is allowed, or you you have it set up. Like every team has a guy, right? Has a guy that can get you what, what you you're want, looking right. for and minimize the blowback and the impact, right? Like, so it's like, hey, I got this thing where I want somebody to give me a massage and I want it to turn into sort of a thing, sure. you know what I mean? Like a, with a happy ending. All right, well, we'll have them come to your house. I'll find somebody. We'll take care of it. It'll be private, blah, blah, blah. It's a girl I can trust. It's a girl I know. Bam, you take care of it. Now, a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's disgusting. It's awful. Well, whatever, that's life. Sure. So, I mean, it happens. So, but that's the sort of thing where... I need my I need people to just be able to make better decisions. Yeah. Like I don't care if you've got a vice. I've got plenty of vices myself. But I don't put myself in a situation and I'm not an NFL player, right? right? But I don't put myself in a situation where my vices can become public, right? right. Or if they can, then there's a very very small chance that they become public. Right. Not that I have anything. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I, I do I do want to do uh, bring it back around to Cleveland though. The Cleveland Browns organization. Yes, sir. Because I mentioned before, I said before, they mortgaged their future. They absolutely did. They've been rebuilding, and they finally thought they had their guy in Baker, and now they're punting on that. They're putting all of their eggs in this basket, completely wiping out their future, bailing Houston out from a lot of their bad decisions. Yes. And if I'm a Browns fan... They also brought in Amari Cooper, which I'm not in love with that move. Amari Cooper is one of those guys... They didn't give up much to get him, but they're paying him No, they didn't, but they're paying him a lot of money, which I I, I don't necessarily care about, but I'm just saying, like... Everyone's like, we got Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson. Like, look, I've watched Amari Cooper the last, I don't know, five years at least. And, like, he disappears in big games. He's had some big games, but he can disappear. He also was a guy, like, the last couple years, he's had some issues with injuries. You look at his numbers, they don't blow you away as a guy that, you know what I mean? Like, if I I took, if you take the name away and you look at the stats, you're just like, He's a solid NFL Right, he's he's a... Good receiver. Very good receiver. You know, now is he the guy that can, you know, is is he your Tyreek Hill? Is he your uh, Cooper Cup? Hell no. Stephon Diggs. Right. Like, I mean, he wasn't, like, the reason why Dallas was willing to get rid of him because they have C.D. Lamb, who was a more consistent and effective player for them. 
right? Like, so I just, I, you know, like, again, Stefan Diggs, yeah, exactly. Like, he's not putting that, he's not putting up those sort of numbers. I mean, he had Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Like, I mean, the, the kid can sling it. Yep. So I, I just, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I. The, the Browns are solving the problems of the Texas teams in the NFL. Right. And, at the, and, and there, Steve, I see this organization, the, the Browns organization, just collapsing. I just don't. I mean, again, I think Deshaun Watson's Look, very good. There's here's the thing. I don't think they'll they'll collapse. You still have a good offensive line. True. You've got like Amari Cooper is. I don't think he's an all pro wide receiver, but he's a good receiver. Great. I think Njoku is a good tight end. Um, and they've got some other younger receivers that are there that are still developing, but that have been Donovan Peoples Jones was really effective for yeah. them. Um, Rashard Higgins is there, and that guy like. I think he's a good receiver. They just don't really give him the ball that much, right. and I think he gets a bad rap. For, I, and maybe he's a shitty teammate, but I, I I don't know why they don't play him more. But like they have some pieces there, right? True. And you've got Chubb, you've got Hunt. You can still run the ball, and so I think in their defense, like look, you got Miles Garrett. You you probably have. Um, I think I think they're going to bring Clowney back, right? Like I mean, they, like they've got some they've got some pieces there. They've got you know Denzel Ward, who's a really good corner. You know, I mean, their safeties played a little bit better this year. The Browns are going to be a team that's in the mix. The question is, how long is Deshaun Watson going to be suspended for? But then how long can they really stay in the mix? Because you're not going to be able to replenish your troops um, in the draft. You gave up all those. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're not going to have a first round draft pick until my kid is like, 12. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, so, I mean, not me, that to long. Me, that's but, a disaster. To yeah. Me, I mean, like, you're not going to have one this year. You're not going to have one next year. And you're not going to have one the year after. Right. Uh, I mean, there's the, the movie Draft Day, which I like the actors in it, but it's a lousy movie. But people are, the GMs are winging around first round picks like, like they're, you know, a toy in that movie. Well, except. And the Browns just did it. Well, I mean, but they're not the only ones this year. I mean, this year has been crazy. I mean, but part of it you have True. to understand is that the salary cap has been depressed the last couple of True. years. And so, and teams have been, like, the Steelers were a, are a prime example. They knew that the salary cap was going to be bigger th- bigger this year than it had been. So, like, back in 2020, like, they recognized, like, look, we're just going to hold tight. We're going to restructure contracts. We know that Ben is going to retire at some point, And if not, we're going to tell him to retire. Certain people we're not going to bring back. And we'll, we'll risk sort of having this de-evolution right like going backwards and not being as good but we're going to be able to replenish a lot of resources in the 2022 free agency period and then that will allow us to have more freedom to draft as we normally would in the draft and that's what you're seeing them do right and so this year because teams have more money to spend um and you know with the extra room and the salary cap you're seeing things like first round picks go and i'm not saying it's a good idea but you're 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 seeing you've seen some blockbuster deals happen this year at a level that we haven't seen in a while, um, and I think the reason right. before the reason for it is just because of some of the stuff going on um, the last couple of years with the salary cap and knowing that it's going to be I think the salary cap is going to be even bigger next year, right? I'm and sure. So, well, despite the fact that everyone says the NFL's dying because of all these players, no, 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 not everyone. All just right. just a few very loud people who are completely wrong. Right, a few very loud people that um, probably wore a lot of red hats in the last couple of years that are really mad at the NFL because it's too Negro focused or whatever. <laughs> right, um, and they get mad every time the ratings come out because the ratings only keep going up, and the guys keep making more money, and there's nothing that infuriates a conservative more than you know black guys right. making money, making money. 
you know. I play that game for free. I, I can't tell you how many times over the past couple of years I've heard friends from my Bills backer group say, well, I can't even watch the NFL anymore if they're going to kneel. And I said, don't. Okay, then don't. 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 By the way, you're sitting next to me at the Bills backer Watching bar. Watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you don't see how silly you sound, yeah. I really can't help you. Yeah, the, and the play for free guys, I always tell them, okay, go ahead. Go play for free. You can go right over there. You can play all by yourself right now. <laughs> right? Or you can grab all your play for free friends and go over there and see who the fuck is going to pay to watch you uh, play for free. Right? The money's not going to you, by the way. Whatever money is paid will not go to you. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take all $7 um, and watch you dipshits play for free, uh, which won't last long because you're going to blow out a hamstring or an ankle uh, or your back uh, or have a heart attack. So go on. All enjoy. Right. We should probably wrap this up. You want to you want to close her? I'm, I'm good right now. Oh, uh, no, we're good. That is us. We are at Wisconsin Congress on Instagram and Twitter. We're done. And we're heading to Vegas.